Welcome to the Dental Amigos podcast with Dr. Paul Goodman and attorney Rob Montgomery, taking you behind the scenes of the dental business world, all the things you didn't learn in dental school but wish you had. Rob is not a dentist and Paul is not a lawyer, but since Rob is a lawyer, we need to tell you that this podcast is for informational purposes only and shouldn't be considered legal advice. Listening to this podcast does not and will not create an attorney-client relationship. As is always the case, you should formally consult with legal counsel before proceeding with any legal matter. Learn more about The Dental Amigos at www.thedentalamigos.com. And now, here are The Dental Amigos. Hello, everyone. I'm Rob Montgomery, and I'm joined, as always, by the head nacho himself, Dr. Paul Goodman. Great to be here, Rob. Paul, it's always good to see you, and welcome, everyone, to another episode of The Dental Amigos. Today, we are joined by one half of the Dental Yogi's Facebook group, Dr. Christian Pavel, the other half being his fiance, Dr. Danielle Cascioli. Uh, Christian graduated from the University of Illinois College of Dentistry in 2014, and he works with his parents in a family dental practice on the north side of Chicago, where you just came back from, Paul. Yeah, it was a fun time. Successful mission? Yeah, yeah, brought the whole family. Cool. And uh, occasionally, uh, Christian works alongside of his fiance Danielle. Uh, on uh, cosmetic cases. Christian and Danielle are, in addition to being dentists, certified yoga teachers and lead an annual vitality retreat for dentists. They enjoy coaching, traveling, working together on smile transformations and celebrating all of life's splendors. Their mission is to empower dentists to become health, healthy and well, health and wellness leaders and to bridge the gap between yoga and dentistry. In essence, to influence mindful dentistry, which is a cool theme, Paul, and implementing the practices to create a pain-free, low-stress approach to practicing dentistry and living life. And we were lucky enough to be introduced to Christian by a former guest on our podcast, uh, Dr. Brett Gilbert. So if anybody was listening to that show and Brett said, hey, you gotta get Christian on, He's Brett here. followed through, he made it happen. Uh, you'll be with us in, in spirit, namaste. Uh, and uh, so, uh, yeah, we're gonna drill down on some things that Paul, as you and I have talked about, you know, the importance of dentists taking care of themselves and uh, wellness and, and uh, mindfulness and just well-being generally so that you know, you can stay in the game of, of dentistry important. for the long haul. Yeah, totally. Uh, and obviously, as professionals, I think we all kind of get into this mentality, like just keep cranking it out, keep cranking yeah. it out. And uh, over time, that doesn't pay dividends. Where's so, it down? Yeah. And now, without further ado, here's Christian Pavel. Welcome, amigo. And thanks for being on the show. Paul and Rob, thank you so much. It's truly an honor to be here. I'm, I'm very, very excited. And um very grateful and fortunate to be able to share what, a, what I've learned and what my curiosity has, has piqued and led me to. Awesome, Christian. Well, uh, I, I want to ask you about your favorite nachos, but first, Philly is known for the soft pretzel. So if you could twist yourself into a pretzel position and post it on my Facebook page, I'd appreciate that. The, uh, the nacho pretzel. All right, I got a little work to do. Yeah, yeah. So I think he can. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I know, I've seen right? some of the photos on the Facebook group. <laughs> I'll, I'll throw he some can. salt on myself, too. Um, <laughs> so we start with a hard-hitting question. So if we were in, I was just in Chicago. It was great. Brought the yep. whole nacho family there. I'll tell you where we went uh, for nachos because we did do that. But if we were going to go and visit you, where would we go for nachos? And what is your favorite nacho topping? Okay. Well, first off, Brett already gave away a very powerful little nacho gem in Chicago. So I'd like to share something way out of the park where when I think of nachos, uh, my brain is ingrained to this place. It's this little um, hole-in-the-wall place right off the beach in Punta de Mita, Mexico, which is next to Puerto Vallarta, called Si Senor. And the reason it was so impacting is that uh, they 
fresh ground their corn with a whole bunch of different seeds right in front of you and Ooh. place the nachos and then fillet a fish and just throw the little cutlets on top with fresh vegetables and fresh made guacamole all right in front of you. Cool. Um, nothing ever compared to the taste of that. It's impressive. Only with the food do people like it deconstructed. No one wants their dentistry that way. You know, no, have you ever offered to show people what you're doing? Like, I'd prefer not to watch, right? Yeah, so. You know, actually, I've, I've, I've had a few curious patients holding a mirror and, and watching. You know, I, I, and, I, I, uh, I had to, that's unique. That's good. We went to... Um, you, you do too? That's Yeah, occasionally when they ask. But it's, oh, wow. it's, it, m- most people... It's just, it's, uh, yeah, they're the weird ones. It's the, uh, it's sort of like we work so hard and sometimes you do these pro- arts and crafts projects in the back of people's mouths and you say that some, the opposite side is, oh, oh, do you want to see your new implant crown? They said, no, I got, I got to get out of here, right? You know, <laughs> meanwhile, you know, that. you yeah. will watch your nachos being made from, you know, start, start <laughs> to finish. Uh, we went yep. to, um, uh, Christian, uh, uh, big star it was good uh it was great with the kids mm, that, was, star, that was a good place tacos and nachos in chicago i, I give it a, yeah. a two nacho yeah, thumbs up they were great with the kids yeah. they were just uh they could do whatever they want it was pretty loud when you have young kids uh you go to the loudest restaurant possible no one notices you know so uh that was great well it was a fun trip to chicago next time we'll uh, connect with you guys yes yes please do please reach out beforehand and we'll show you a good time we'll show you we'll show you some um underground nacho place nice Hey, so Christian, um, if you can tell our listeners, you know, what are the dental yogis and what do they do? So the dental yogis are two goons that uh, enjoy <laughs> yoga and have have been take took a little different, less traditional route in dentistry. Um, <clears throat> essentially, you know, you, your summary was was pretty eloquently put. We we're looking to create a more mindful atmosphere and and just raise more awareness to why. Why are we doing these things? And be more consciously clear about everything from every step, from every interaction, from every procedure. What is the energy behind it? Why am I doing this right now? Why does this patient want it? Um, Why do I want to expand my practice? Every little thought, if it's driven with curiosity and, and a person can be more clear about why and the energy behind what they're doing, it leads to a much more impactful life. And I'm talking about impacting, that's a natural side effect, but you get more fulfillment when you know why you're doing something because it's easy to go into autopilot and just think, oh, I should be doing this or I gotta do this or I need to finish that task. And so that's the mental component. And I've been able to get this awareness from physical movements slowed down. I've always been a physically orientated person and yoga helped me be more aware of my posture, of my movement, of my breathing, which in turn helped me start question, questioning my thinking and my thought patterns as well. So in essence, it's putting, we want to share this somatic experience to help gift other people to start having this greater awareness, which has impacted our lives tremendously. Like I cannot speak to the changes that have occurred in my life because of this practice and this philosophy and perspective. That, that's awesome, and uh, I I would think I could share now. I'm I'm I'm, uh, I'm not physically flexible. I'm, I'm I'm mentally flexible, but not physically flexible. And I I think a lot of times especially for our listeners, Christian, people see the end result, you know, and they see your Instagram yeah. page with these amazing things that you guys uh, 
post and do and it's just just so cool but they don't see the journey to get there so how did you get started in this and tell us a little bit about you know that that process to getting to this point yeah sure and first off um i want to emphasize that where you are is where i want to be and where people need to be the physical stretching is only practice to learn to be more mentally flexible the point of yoga in ultimately in in westernized yoga asana is to get comfortable with being uncomfortable so you can reframe your thought patterns and understand that that is where true growth happens that is where changes actually occur and i got down this rabbit hole um i used to box and be a personal trainer during dental school and started having some serious shoulder injuries that were impairing my movement and my ability to function normally. So my fiance Danielle dragged me into yoga class. She used the preface that um, she was obsessed with this instructor and thought she had a really hot body. So I was like, all right, you know, I'll <laughs> okay, if I have I'll to. Check right. it out. And, you know, I walked in there all macho thinking like, oh, this is a joke. This is what, you know, soccer moms do on their days off. Um, And I was really humbled, first and foremost, because it kicked my ass. Um, And it taught me right away that I was doing things incorrectly with my body and creating these problems. And it wasn't just shoulder issues I was having. It was low back. Um, So right away. Let me just interrupt you, Christmas. This is while you were in dental school, though? This is while I was in dental school, okay. second year of dental school. Okay. And so, and we were in a long distance relationship at the time she was in Toronto. So I bought a group on and started taking yoga classes, but I was still a little insecure of the masculinity portion. So I was kind of a closet yogi for a little while. And I would, you know, get well doing yoga for about a month or so on a group on and then go back into boxing and destroy myself. Again. <laughs> and ebbed and flowed for a little bit. Uh, until finally I was just like, you know what, this is starting to get too much and I'm starting to enjoy yoga more and everything kind of lined up in terms of timing and just, it was a blatant, you've got to do this and it was a teacher training opportunity and I was like, you know what, I think I'm going to just try it out just to get a little more curious and learn more about the practice because I was really interested in the philosophical aspects that were being shared. I've always been a more philosophically curious person too so I jumped in and it changed everything it it helped me really dig deeper and what I realized is and this was right after I uh, finished dental school and I at the time was really stressed out about getting a reputation about implementing what I learned and and trying to take over my dad's practice because I had the idea that I want to own it as fast as possible and expand as fast as possible to be, you know, the best dentist possible because the thought in my mind at the time was that you're only good dentist if you see a lot of patients and if you have a great reputation. And this stressed me out internally and I was using yoga to take that stress out, to hide sort of and, and to let go of everything. And the teacher training helped me bridge it all together and put it all together and realize that what I was doing on my mat can translate to off the mat and that I needed to slow down off the mat and be more aware of what I was doing and why I was doing it. And ultimately that led me to discover that maybe I don't want to own my parents' practice, at least not right away. And I want to explore this venue instead in this route and just embrace the process of learning and be humble too, because I, I was a, a 
a cocky shithead. There's no other way to put it. I thought right. I knew everything coming out of dental school, and I was ready to do everything, and it, it backfired a little bit. So for for any new dentist listening, if you can resonate with that, and if you think you know it all, just give it a little time. Take it from me. Hey, so when you were, you know, I guess then and even now, do you also integrate any kind of meditation practice with uh, with the yoga, or is that all kind yeah. of one and the same for you? Well, yoga is ultimately meditation. This is a little-known fact, but it's kind of interesting. So for thousands and thousands of years, uh, yoga was just one position. It was seated pose in meditation. And then um, in India, when the British Empire took over, they started to create a lot of disruption. And um, back in the 1800s, the, the king then, he was teaching his children yoga. He had famous yoga practitioners, but the kids were restless just from all the trauma and from everything. They wouldn't sit still. So um, one of the greatest yoga practitioners at the time stole some movements from the British Army that he was watching and just to tire the kids out so that they can sit still. And that was the birth of westernized yoga. I like this part about tiring the kids out. I need that in my life. I had a five-year-old who just didn't stop in Chicago, Christian. So now now I'm fully engaged if this is part of it. That's it. You have to get them going. Get them them mats out. Yeah, and and to be honest, I think we're all guilty of that. We all need to get tired out to be able to sit still. I know I still struggle with that from time to time. If I go straight into stillness in the morning, my mind's already thinking of everything I got to do, and it takes quite some time for me to find a little stillness. So I've, I've been um, really curious with a lot of different practices, a lot of different modalities. And like I said, I've always been a physical person. And that's why I fell in love with boxing to begin with. Because when you're in the ring with someone, it is your gloves and their gloves. Nothing else exists. Because the moment you think about anything else, you get punched <laughs> yeah. in the face. <laughs> Right, that that is the the ultimate expression of, of focus, right? Or and the and, and if you don't, you you immediately see yeah. what, what what the price is. Yeah, state of flow, and and that's what first helped me get glimpses of that, and and learn to still my restless mind. And that's why you know every just about every yoga class is designed in that way to go to a physical uh, a peak, so build you up to the point where you can almost not bear it anymore to push you past your limits and then wind down a little bit and come to stillness at the end where you integrate everything and the the mind starts to calm down and it's most some of my most creative writings and pieces and ideas came in the locker room of uh, yoga studios after a good class that's that's really cool christian let's say you know um i know my dental people and I know people so they think you're thinking like you know what's in it for me as a dentist and you know and this is interesting to me personally so let's say whether you're uh, I don't know if you follow Dental Nachos the Facebook group we, we have classifications yeah. of dentists um, so like a baby age dentist is a bad but you've graduated from that you're you're five years out of school right now five years yeah so you're on the cusp of a, a toddler age dentist a tad about to move into a child age dentist that's yeah. five to ten years but the longest category <laughs> is the 10 to 25 years which i am in and that is the uh, medium age dentist which stands for mad and that is a probably a, a very good way to describe that time in mm-hmm. your dental career at, at, at points yeah. so 
let's say you're a mad and you're saying, hey, I want to get involved in this and you live in Philadelphia, walk me through like, hey, this is what you should do to get started. Um, I really I really enjoy Brett's approach and I think that's that's a great place to start. But it's also it also takes a ton of ambition and I, I'm sure after talking to him you can feel how much energy and excitement and ambition he has. Are we are we talking um, about the same Brett Gilbert? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just kidding. Yeah, yeah of yeah. course. Absolutely. <laughs> but you know, yeah. so when and when you say what Brett did, you know, I think if I'm recalling Brett had uh, basically got videos uh, or had a DVR of some sort that uh, that he did it at home, correct? Yeah, yeah. He just Googled uh, yoga for beginners. Okay. And that's a, that's a great way. Personally, I like the classroom experience, but I think it takes a little um, work to build up to that experience because initially, yoga is all about breathing. That's the ultimate lesson, learning to be consciously aware of your breath. Well, the only time you're not breathing is when you're focused on other things. And when all these new name positions come in, when you're surrounded by all these other people that potentially might be looking at you, when you have these mirrors staring you right in the face, it's overwhelming and you're not going to be breathing at first. That's almost guaranteed. So um, that's, it, 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 can be, it can be daunting for anyone who's new, and especially when they tell themselves the story that, oh, I'm not good enough to be practicing yoga or I'm not good at yoga you know i hear that all the time oh i'm definitely not flexible enough to do yoga to me that's like saying i'm too dirty to take a shower (laughs) um but to to put it simply i would recommend looking up some beginner yoga getting comfortable with the positions with with hearing what they're called and knowing what they are and getting comfortable with your own body in these positions so that from there, you can transition into a classroom experience, which the energy of the classroom will really force you to get a little deeper. And a good instructor will be able to look at your body and physically touch. And that's another element that I feel is lacking in our society overall. We're, we're so afraid of physical touch. Um, but the, the, the point of it in the yoga class is, is just to deepen your understanding of these little subtle muscles that we're not aware of. And a good practitioner will walk by and just touch these muscles that should be active or one that's overactive to relax it and they'll say something to help you deepen the understanding of your body and deepen the connection with your body and these all, all these elements I think are integral to becoming um, just more well-rounded overall physically and mentally um, but to summarize I think taking a few beginner on online videos just to get comfortable with the idea with the notion and then going in and searching and the the other thing is there's different types of yoga i would recommend a non-heated beginner class which is going to be slower paced more time to understand that more time to focus on your breathing when you're in a position and then working your way up to that just about every yoga studio has this process refined and dialed in so just being curious and recognizing that ultimately it's just for fun. It's to have fun. It's to explore. It's to be able to play. Because when we take it too seriously, when we walk in with this expectation, we're going to beat ourselves up and be less likely to return and come back. Which is important. I, you're, so you're saying we shouldn't walk into the yoga class like with the thought process that we're going to win it? Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, I, I'm the most flexible person in this class. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> which, is, which is a traditional, very dentist uh, uh, mentality, and then that's awesome. Uh, and they just say too. Sure. But my my kind of thinking with all this too, whether it's you know meditation, kind of standalone meditation or yoga, like I like the ability to be able to do things and the portability of these things. Yeah. But you know, for example, like with with meditation, you know, I get so much more out of being in the room with other people, even though we're not talking to each other. And I yeah. think that, you know, and, and I don't do as much yoga. My wife does does it more and it's on, you know, constantly on my to-do list, you know, when I kind of look at what I'm gonna, what I'm gonna do the coming month, it's like yoga, more yoga is at the top of the list. <laughs> but I feel like it gives you, one, you know, to have that feedback and to just sort of uh, have that instruction and be guided, I think that is, it's kind of important with this stuff. You know, like you can kind of, you could definitely do it in a portable way, but I feel like you need to have some sort of foundation that it helps to yeah. have a teacher. And I guess, you know, if you have good, uh, a good video or a good online platform that, you know, that can be possibly a substitute. But I, I'm a pretty, pretty big believer in, you know, sort of the community aspect of this too. Um, yeah. And that there's definitely, I feel like there's an energy in the room with these types of classes that uh, you can't really reproduce, certainly not as a beginner. I feel like as a beginner, you need this sort of like, hey, you're not doing that right, especially with the yoga, you know, like I, I've yeah. done things over in the yoga class and and the instructor will come and tell me I'm not doing something right. I'm like, I'm convinced that I, you know, I was doing it right. Yeah. And like, so if I was at home, I would just be doing all this stuff wrong. <laughs> Because, yeah, you know, yeah, I think the differences are so correct. subtle, as you say, like, you know, somebody just touches exactly. this one muscle and we're like, you actually need to be putting more weight yeah. or support of this. Or like, oh, uh, right. I didn't realize that, you know, because it looks the same yeah. from, you know, from 10 uh, feet away. Uh, Chris, I know how you can get more dentists to, and listening to this to come to this because the, at the studio, it's like hands-on dental CE and people love that, you know, hands-on exactly. dental yoga CE. I like that. Um, and tell me a little bit, so now, you know, that that's great. Now, now say I'm a medium age dentist, I have multiple practices, I run, you know, dental nachos and do all these different things. I have a tremendous amount of it. So I, I actually have renamed in our in my life, you know, stress as intensity because stress to me a lot of times is just immediately thought of as negative and I don't think of it as negative. I mean, a lot of times if somebody was playing, I wanted to be an NBA basketball player, that didn't work out, Christian, but you know, if you were playing in the <laughs> NBA playoffs, there'd be a lot of stress uh, which is what you wanted. You you got to the place where you wanted to be, but in dentistry, there's a tremendous amount of intensity. So, how does this help you? I mean, you're still a, a dentist early in their career. You you know you're managing different patients, expectations. You do these challenging cases with your fiance. So you know how does yoga help you on a just a day to day basis in in your operatory uh, manage things better? Okay. Um. First off, I just want to elaborate a little bit um, the, the power of strength in numbers. Uh, community does emphasize or encourage uh, accountability. And that's, you know, meditation and yoga, these are disciplines. These are practices that are not going to be comfortable, especially at first. Um, our minds are wired and designed to constantly be seeking for more stimulus. So sitting by ourselves in stillness we're going to go through a whole cascade mentally of of hurdles first the emotions are going to come up whatever is emotionally triggering you in life right now that's going to come up if it's the thought of your boss 
the thought of your boss is going to come up and all the condescending things associated with that. And then the to-do list. And then sensation. Hmm, I could go for some bacon right now. <laughs> What's that smell? What's that sound? And all these things. So when you're surrounded by other people that are in that same situation, you're going to be less likely to give in to these thoughts and get up and quit and just sit there. And it's a training process. It, it takes patience. Now, in terms of stress, um, I think you're absolutely right. First and foremost, acute stress is is one of the healthiest things for us. It it leads to growth and proliferation. You know, if we didn't acutely stress our bodies, our muscles would atrophy, our mind would atrophy. Um, So it's, it's very imperative and important, but the key is keeping it acute and not falling into a chronic cascade. And that's tricky because we're actually addicted to our stress hormones. You know, we get a rush of dopamine when we're anxious, when we're nervous. And uh, a lot of the feelings, even though they're connotated as bad and they might feel frustrating and bad in the moment, anger and frustration and things like that, they're actually addictive. That's why people get angry when they're in traffic and when, you know, we're going through different things. So. This practice has definitely helped me be aware of those feelings and aware of those moments and going back to the structure of a yoga class. It, the whole thing is an acute stress, or a series of acute stress triggers and stress responses. We are stressing out our bodies and being aware of that and then learning at the end to turn it off and to integrate a breathing modality that will stimulate our parasympathetic nervous system to respond and relax and in practice in between patients and often with patients that's exactly what i'm doing i'm doing those breathing techniques for anxious patients nothing and i mean nothing has been more powerful than just taking three deep breaths with them usually i put my hand either on their chest or on their shoulder and we take three deep breaths together and leave time for a pause, even to the point where it's a little awkward and the patient's like, okay, I get it. I'm supposed to be relaxed. And it just somehow transmutes into them. I don't want to sound woo-woo, but it's, it's almost common sense. It just, it's retraining our bodies to just be still and be here. It's something that we are so deprived of in our culture, in our world. Everything, everywhere we look, we're supposed to be somewhere else. We're supposed to be doing something different. And if you haven't noticed yet, I love to go on a on tangent. So please interrupt at any point because otherwise I'm going to go off. No, no, this is great stuff. And I think, uh, you know, a couple things. I mean, stillness is such an important thing that, you know, unfortunately I find that I have to like schedule the stillness into my, my daily routine. I'm embarrassed to admit, okay, yeah. but you're uh, doing so many amazing things. So that's awesome. That's awesome that you're aware that you have to schedule it and taking accountability. But it's like the days that you, that I do it, I, you know, it's just, it's so counterintuitive because you think you don't have time for this, but then when mm-hmm. you do it, you're just yeah. you, the, your stress and anxiety levels are so much lower and the day is so much yeah. better. And I hate to say it like, yeah. like, you know, really the whole kind of goes against the whole ethos of, you know, what yoga and meditation is about, like that you're, you're not doing it for like some purpose, you know, to be to perform better. But I'll be perfectly frank, it, it does help, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and yeah. performing in our professions 
is to a large extent, I think, managing and controlling st- stress and anxiety. If you could do that, yeah. then guess what? You come home and you feel like you don't feel like you just went, we'll stick with a boxing analogy, you know, 15 rounds for yeah. the heavyweight championship of the world every single day. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. you can get more done and have, have more fun doing it. Um, I also yeah. think that, yeah, you, you know, where people, and this was uh, certainly, I think, other people, and I, this was definitely my sort of misconception with, uh, with yoga and, and meditation. I want to ask you what some others are that you see in a moment, but that, you know, it would just sort of be this like, all of a sudden, like this light would go off and like, ding, 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 like, yeah. I got it. I'm now an excellent meditator. And now I'm able to just put myself in this state, almost like, you know, like you can hypnotize yourself yeah. and like, and then come in and out of it. And it's really not about that. You know, I, I think it's really more, as you're saying, Christian, once you have the ability to kind of observe where you're, your your body and your brain and just to be more aware of 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 yourself and your surroundings the ability to be able to tap back into that throughout the day was a huge huge skill and asset you know and so you don't have to take necessarily 20 minutes at lunch to kind of recalibrate you could take yeah. maybe 20 seconds and once you have that that kind of path to be yeah. able to kind of get yourself into that more relaxed state you're able to do that throughout the day, you know, which to me yeah. was sort of like, oh, I didn't, I didn't get that memo before before yeah. I started exploring that stuff. Yeah, stress is so insidious and compounding. What we, what happens in our morning, the way we start our morning is so important because if you start it, picking up your phone, going through your social media, your emails, your to dos, all the things that you haven't done, you're already starting that ca- stress cascade, which will naturally bleed into your morning routine, getting to work, your first patient, your first patient stressful, it goes into the next patient and just compounds all the way to getting home. Your wife is upset about something, you're regurgitating your stress onto her, it's compounding even higher. You wonder why you have sleep issues. Um, <laughs> it, it all starts with just a little bit of awareness and what we've been, we, we accidentally stumbled upon something just playing around that has really, really helped um, both of our practices dynamics. We call it a pre-huddle yoga flow. So before our morning huddles, we now do three deep breaths, just a little bit of shaking, some light stretches focusing on the neck and the low back, and ending with an intention and three more deep breaths. First and foremost, all my staff now shows up on time because they enjoy this process. Second, we all take our stories unconsciously, whatever we carried with in the morning, and set it aside through this practice, through this just this breathing. It's just a mutual unconscious understanding that we are here, we're here for other patients, and we are here for ourselves and our own care first. And the staff cohesion and the, the energy of this practice has shifted enormously since we've been doing this. And, and how long does that does that typically uh, five last? Minutes. Five minutes. And yeah. and and so when you first rolled it out, what was the uh, what was the initial reaction? So I actually started doing this by myself at first, and my assistant got curious, and he approached me, and he was just like, um, "Can I try that too?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure, I guess." Because what I realized is that I I wanted to do that for myself starting out the day and just setting that practice. So then I started doing it with my assistant and then my receptionist wanted to be a part. And then slowly now it's 
it's the whole team sometimes it's not it's still not always the whole team because we start at different times right. but when it is it's, it's more powerful and that's when it gets to five to six seven minutes because we're all sharing our intentions and um it, it we we sometimes get a a little sidetracked too but it, it's very very quick usually and and very effective i mean i think it's so important and you know uh Christian and this one, so we have all different podcast guests and sometimes Rob brings all his business people and gangs up on me, but in this one, we're the two dentists. Rob is the non-dentist and um, yeah. I, I come into the office, uh, but Rob, you know, I'm, the, I'm their favorite client uh, that comes into the office because I'm true. the only client that comes into the yeah, office. That's also true. <laughs> and uh, I want to share something with our, our listeners because I love, I love doing podcasts and you never know if someone's listening to this next week or 10 years from now. And, it, you know, my dad was a dentist, worked together for 11 years, uh, which was amazing before he passed away. And I work with my brother now. And this is something that stands the test of dental time, no matter what technology you have, no matter what you do in that. I don't think anyone really shares with dental students uh, how many adult human beings you have to process in a day as a dentist. You know, in my office, we have 15 team members. I may see and we're not a, a super high volume office. Maybe a, our dentists are seeing seven to eleven of their own patients, but then they're also seeing seven to eleven hygiene patients, right? And I just think no one prepares you emotionally, physically, socially, or mentally to process all these adults. And then if you're a practice owner, when you go into your your office, you then have to process other adults through text and email and phone to run your business. And that's why I just think that dentists have it so diff tough because they're physically. Yeah they're physically with their stressors all day. And it's just something that you have to absorb. And some of it, like we talked, like you pointed out, which I think was great. Some of it's supposed to feel that way, right? You know, because that's the acute stress, but some of it's chronic stress that can just be debilitating in many ways. We've had a lot of great talk here, um, people about mental health and taking care of yourself. And it's just such an important thing, I think, to train our young dentists to think, because no one really trained me and, or, or my dad's generation. Yeah, and same here. I mean, ultimately, you, you nailed it. It's, it's all about energy and learning to understand it and see it as energy rather than tasks and to-dos because then we get detached and over overwhelmed. Patients unconsciously start turning into numbers. And we, um, you know, it, it's so easy to lose focus. And, hey, I'm not perfect. I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm sitting here preaching the things I learned, but ultimately I, I still get caught in this rat race and in, in getting overwhelmed and getting overstressed. You know, we all have our bad days and I'm grateful for them now because these are the opportunities and the times that I can learn and learn how to communicate even deeper and, and, and slow things down. That's, that's ultimately, you know, well, like those you tools are so important. I had, a, I had a friend who had a great, the greatest joke is I'm married, I'm married to a, um, marriage and family therapist. We don't have the perfect marriage. I, I just really know what's wrong with it. <laughs> and I just think well, that's what you just said, meaning that, yeah. and I say this all the time, I have a feeling that, you know, some of these young dentists who I would love to have come to my office and some of my friends uh, run great practices, if they came in on a Tuesday and said, oh, you know, let mm -hmm. me watch what happens. I have a feeling that some of them would also say, oh, what's, what's wrong here? Why is it so chaotic and crazy? I say, what yeah. do you mean? This is just every Tuesday, right? And that's important to share, I think, too, because we, if, if I were to shadow you in that situation, my first thought would be humbling, like, oh, my God, he's human, too. Maybe it is okay to make these mistakes and not, you know, because social media has really screwed us all up on Amen. a certain yeah. level. Because now we, 
we have this notion that we have to be perfect. Like you graduate, you have to have perfect preps and, and you know, perfect everything to, to be able to post and to be able to communicate and to, because everybody else's work is perfect and nobody else makes mistakes. So I'm, I'm really appreciating um, more authenticity coming through. And I think that's part of the reason that people started taking interest into us as the dental yogis. When we first started talking about the issues we were having in our relationship because it was long distance, there were family issues, there were all these other things going on. And I said, you know what, screw it, I'm going to start talking about it. And so many people, I got an outpour of people saying, oh my God, I'm going through something similar or even more deep. And that's where that's where really everything started to come together. We, I had a few people coming out about feeling isolated in their profession and being lost, and that's where everything started feeling more real. You hear about suicide, you hear about these things, and you think, okay, why would anybody do that? How could they? And then you hear how slippery that slope is, and it all starts with shame. It all starts with secrecy, keeping that in and bottling it up and looking at everybody else as an example of what you could be and what you should be and that everything is right except for you and you're the only one that has these errors and mistakes and yeah that sometimes that's the only way out is is ending that pain and so just simple conversations uh, can really shift so much yeah that's that's really powerful stuff um you know, and you said uh, a while ago that, you know, sort of social media, obviously, and checking your phone and you know, can put you in a, in a different state and add to stress and anxiety. Walk us through yeah. what does what does your morning routine look like? You know, what what do you do from when you get up to when you, you get to the office? That's a great question. And um I've been I've been very focused on human optimization, on doing the best of the best, but also blending it with the East and the East Eastern modalities and medicine. Say, if you want to be enlightened, you sleep when you're tired, you eat when you're hungry, and you play when you're playful. And you know we'd all love to be there, but what I realize is that usually we're the only ones that are preventing us from being that way. So I tend to go in seasons now and and just listening to what my body wants and what I want and what I need and not being so rigid but as of right now my season well it's it's always been hydrating that's the first thing in the morning because we lose a lot of fluid um, as we sleep and right now I'm waking up at 7 a.m. I know I know, Paul, you're the 5 a.m. but No, 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 I'm not. Thanks for being on my team. Rob always brings in people oh, who get up at Rob 4 a.m. I, I have two oh, young kids. Nate, I get up I'm at 6.45 a.m. or 7 a.m. And Rob thinks I'm at, we went to the zoo in Chicago, and I saw my animal, okay. the, the three-toed sloth. So, you know, only sloths get up at 7 a.m. So thanks. Thanks, Christian. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm this, I'm this season, at least. And, and yeah, it, it just because I'm very physical, too, I've noticed that my body needs more rest, and I've been measuring it and tracking uh, with different devices, just just out of curiosity and, and learning different things and where I fu- function more optimally. And what I've noticed through this process, first and foremost, that supplements, um, you know, uh, measuring modalities and all these things, they'll skew you maybe to one percent better, but ultimately, your thoughts and how you feel and your energy behind everything is that other 99%. So if you can fine tune that 
everything else is just semantics and that'll get you just a little bit better. But right now what I'm doing, I'm hydrating off the bat with a little bit of sea salt to get the, the nutrients and minerals in and starting with uh, Wim Hof breathing. That has been something that has been very, very um, transformational for me. Are you guys familiar with um, the man Wim Hof? No, the Iceman? Maybe not, no. no. So he's a, he holds a lot of very extreme world records, most of them involving cold. He, one of them, he hiked uh, the death zone of the Im, uh, Himalayas, or uh, Mount Everest, the, over the death zone in nothing but shorts, nothing else, just shorts. Oh, I know this. Uh, I know what you're talking holds, about now. Yeah. Yeah, he holds the, the record for the, the longest um, uh cold immersion without his body temperature changing, which is like two and a half hours in an ice bath. Um, and he also did uh, one of the most extreme marathons without any water, like extreme heat. So in his whole thing is that he's, he's not superhuman. He's not an athlete, none of that. He's just learned how to breathe. And it's a, a very forceful, deep breathing technique um and i can send you guys a link i'd be happy to send you that'd be cool that that, um forces you to get really uncomfortable and then relax so it's like a condensed yoga class or less in in the time span of seven minutes versus an hour um without you know the physical movements but at least your body is somatically feeling the stress and then relaxing right away and and that has been so profound on so many levels so it it helps to um, be more tolerant to pain. So that's why cold immersion, he's been training people to do what he does. He has these, um, in the mountains of Poland, he has these retreats where he'll do the breath work for three days. And it's usually something very emotional to people get out so many things. And then he takes them out into the mountains and they go hiking shirtless for a very extreme extended period of time and then jumping in a frozen river or a freezing cold river. Um, so it, it, it's something very extreme, but his whole argument is it, it's not superhuman. It's actually anyone can do it. And if you do do it, you are prepping your body to be more comfortable with uncomfortable and making yourself stronger through the process. So, really is great. So, and, yeah. So, and what are you I'll doing do in that, that. to that end, personally? Say that again? What are you doing personally to, to that end? He's the breathing technique in the morning, right? Yeah, so I do the breath technique, then I'll jump in and take a cold shower for about a minute and a half to two minutes. Again, depending on how I'm feeling, some days it might only last 30 seconds. Um, some days I feel great, and I can, like this morning I went about two minutes, I lost track of time, just had a regular shower, but just completely cold. Then I'll make my smoothie, brush my teeth, get out on the road, and lately I've been embracing silence on my drive. It's about a 25 to 30 minute commute. And the mornings now, I just like to be in stillness. Yesterday, I had a little inspiration, so I I just started uh, talking on on Instagram a little bit. But lately, it's just stillness. Uh, Otherwise, it'd be an audiobook or podcast, which now I'm doing on on my way home, on my journey home. But that little bit of extra stillness really helps me ease into that pre-huddle yoga flow and then into my day. That's cool. I think it's important for Dennis and, you know, it's just to set yourself for the day in some way. And, you know, yeah. one of my nacho 
Monster's just like a little bit better each day makes a lot better dentisting life. So when they, you know, yeah. see someone like you who's a pro at what you do and then me a pro at eating nachos, it's very overwhelming. You think <laughs> I can never get there. How could I use as many nachos as Paul Goodman? You just start with one nacho extra per day. Yeah. And I one just think we best. just, dental school doesn't help us with that. And it's just a little bit better each day makes a lot better dentisting life is what I like to say. And it's just these little tiny things you do. And of course you have some minor drop nachos, sideways nachos. I don't I, I don't even like to use words like failures and setbacks. You're just yeah. too too dramatic for most of the things that happen in life, you know? So, <laughs> right. you know, I mean, it's like yeah. someone's like, my crown didn't have contact, it's a failure. I'm like, that's such a dramatic yeah. way to put it. Like your patient wouldn't be yeah. so hard on you. And I just, uh, you know, I, I think uh, one other thing I wanted to say, I know we'll be uh, wrapping up shortly, Christian, but you made a good point about and Rob has talked about this on social media, and you also have done a great job, Christian, because you did say sometimes you curse. And one of the people that I, I'm not a big, big curser, but I, I really like Gary V. I don't know if you know Gary V, but he curses mm-hmm. quite Absolutely. often. And uh, mm-hmm. but we talk about social media, and, and I've listened to some, a lot of his stuff, and I don't think it has really anything to do with social media. In that he just says social media reveals who we really are, and this has been around for a while. It's just that now with technology, it's in your face more. Because I remember walking around with my wife Mary on our honeymoon in France and looking at all those kings and queens painted and you know that they were painted in very you know flattering angles because they were the richest people yeah. in town and that was modern yep. that was old school social media and I'm sure everyone in town yep. said no way this queen filter. looks like that she's has more wrinkles or this this king is heavier so I just think that you know that's been around forever and it just how we deal with social media and anything like that just kind of more reveals us instead of blaming the technology, which it's not really blaming, yeah. but I just think we have to come to a, a healthy relationship with it. That's, that's, that's a great analogy. I, I really appreciate that. And yeah, going back to morning routine, for anybody who wants to optimize themselves, I think it all begins with awareness. Ask yourself, what do you want and why? Because there's so so much information, so many options, so much overstimulation. And I was at a point at once where I was like, oh, yeah, I want to be superhuman like this guy. I want to be strong like him, but I want to also be mentally smart like this person. I want to be this, you know, I want to be really right. good at eating nachos, too. You can't do it all. And if you try to do it all at once, you're going to overwhelm yourself and stress yourself out even further. So starting, yeah one bite at a time like you said i gotta gotta wake work my way up to your nacho status yeah so thank you yeah one, one day with enough hard work uh you can be like me but uh it's gonna take a while i just well, think that's awesome well i think too social media i mean obviously it's you know managing social media that's this is we could just talk about this for the next three hours yeah. but you know, i personally oh, yeah. find that you know in the morning you know anything with the phone you know, i have a better day if i lay off the phone until I've, as you say, sort of set my intention for the day. You know, I've kind of got my plan. I know what things I'm going to work on. I kind of know what I'm, what I'm looking to do, and have enjoy some stillness and, and reflect a little bit. But if I will, you know, slip some days and you know make one of my first actions to pick up my phone and see what emails came in last night and what text messages, yeah. and then, well, just pop over to Facebook while I'm at it. Like that does yeah. not set. That is that is the opposite for me of, of setting intention for, for the day that you know I just yeah. let somebody else or I shouldn't say somebody else some other company just basically you know get back get into my brain and start to wire me in a way that's not necessarily in, in my in my best interest at that point of the day I mean I'm not you know some luddite that we feel like you know you can't have that stuff there's definitely a time and place for it but I I'm yeah at least personally, a pretty big proponent of it doesn't belong in the morning. 
Um, otherwise, it, it has a different, uh, just sets the tone for a very, very different day and, and not such a good way. Absolutely agree. Yeah, it, it takes awareness. And if you do open it up, you do it with an intention. And if you don't have that intention off the bat, if you're doing it unconsciously, you're going to fall down a spiral. I don't care who you are. You're, you'll, you'll slip down because it's entertainment. It's distraction. And it's so easy to get sucked into that. And if you're unconscious, then likely insecurities are going to start taking over and fears are going to start taking over. And what you might see when you're feeling confident you might be something inspiring and beneficial if you're not feeling that you'll see that same picture as something that threatens who you are as a person and makes you feel like you're worthless and like you're not doing anything and this all happens so fast and so unconsciously that it, it again it compounds and it adds to it one of the most um sought after things that we offer is social media mentorship and we've we've coached several clients on this and we begin by this by the energy behind it you know these clients these dentists and clinicians they want to grow their social media following for different reasons and what we harp on is is why why do you want this and if it is just so you can look like this other person we'll start dissecting this person and see first off are they who you really want to be or is it just a facade is it just a veal and uh, one client in particular we help them shift uh, a whole 180 she went from you know wanting this huge following to you know, grow her brand and and say all this to now just enjoying social media and guess what as a side effect her following's growing too yeah that's a, tell us a little bit uh, uh kristen about you mentioned some people you coach how do people work with you or what does that you know look like yeah so um we we don't have a very formal structured process it's more curiosity but we do i mean we have a couple things that we're going through so with this pre-huddle yoga flow we've kind of turned it into a workshop that's really distilled to bridging the gap between yoga and dentistry and our first one's actually coming up this sunday we've got a great group of people and, and just in order for a second, I, I love the title too which i saw that that namaste your dental practice is what it's called paul yeah <laughs> Yeah, so I was super excited, and that all started very spontaneously. I was um, talking to the owner and CEO of Zen Supplies, and he was asking me about lecturing, and I was like, you know, I'm excited about the lectures coming up, but not that crazy because, you know, I can only do so much in a cold, dark room with a projector, and he's like, why don't you do something in a yoga studio? And I was like, bing. Um, so, so that really catapulted that, but our... our the, our biggest um, joy, and it all started with a vision a, about a year ago, is, is the retreat we we have that vitality retreat, which now the the mission is to take practitioners who are influenced by wellness, by health and wellness, and turn them into health and wellness influencers. And I don't mean just from a social media standpoint. I mean to be able to inspire all their patients, all their loved ones, and all their family to lead by example and be the role model. And I passionately believe that dentists have the platform to really reverse this stress epidemic. And by stress, I mean anxiety, depression, all the side effects that come from stress, cancers, everything, because we are the, the healthcare providers that people see most often. And we have the most flexible style of practice. We can allow ourselves more time to sit down, to actually ask deeper questions, and people 
do heed advice beyond telling people the flaws. That's cool. And how often uh, is it the uh, how often do you hold this retreat, and and where uh, where does it uh, take place? Um, as of now, we're doing it annually because of balancing everything. We want to make sure we have the best quality. The next one coming up is going to be the last week of March in Arizona. And Arizona, because I just recently went to a summit, I'm a big, um, I'm, I'm in a mastermind fellowship under someone by the name of Aubrey Marcus, who's the CEO on it. Sure. And he, he has a very entertaining podcast that he's all about human optimization. That's where I kind of started going down that rabbit hole. And uh, our last summit was in Sedona, and, and I met some very, very powerful, impacting practitioners there, and I'm incorporating them into the retreat, too. So I'm, I'm putting together everything that has really taken me up to the highest level of, of energy, of excitement, of curiosity, and shifted me both physically and mentally into a place where life is just so much more beautiful and so much more powerful and impacting. And I want to give this and share this to whoever feels they are ready for something like that, to shift like that. That's, that's great. Yeah, I, I loved to uh, read his book, Own the, Own the Day, Own Your Life, Optimize Practices for What Matters. Yes. And, and uh, yeah, really, really and That's where hydration it. came from. Yeah, Water, no, that's light, cool. movement. That's, that's his morning routine. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting book. I would kind of recommend to people, and I'll sort of stay on that that topic. You know, some other things, and you know, the books that I've read, kind of on some of these subjects that, you know, a lot of the themes uh, that Christian you're talking about are things that come up in uh, in a couple of different contexts. The book, uh, wherever you go, there you are. John Kabat-Zinn, I think, is if, if people are interested in kind of spending some more time with that, I think that's a good one, and. Uh, uh, Ryan Holiday, uh, stillness is the key. You know, just talking about the the opportunity to to be still and to have quiet time, uh, and really the role that that can play. Or two other books that I've recently read that that I found to be really you know pretty uh, pretty useful and impactful. Yeah, and on that same wavelength, yes, absolutely. And Ryan Holiday, I mean, both of those. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Uh, so. Let me just kind of ask you one more question as, as we wrap it up, you know, doing these seminars and, and speaking to Dennis, you know, I'm sitting across the table from from a guy that, that spends a lot of time out of really sheer passion of, of educating, uh, educating dentists. But uh, why do you do it? You know, why? Why the Daniel Yogis? You know, what yeah. what inspires you, Christian, to, to do this and, and, and why? You know, why? Why do you do it? This is a great question, and I'm going to be 100% completely honest with you on this. I um, am, to a certain extent, a narcissist. I've always craved attention, and I've learned to accept that and be okay with it and channel it in a constructive, positive way rather than repressing it. And I think this was a deep underlying work of mine that, that took a lot of understanding. So. In short, I do it for myself because it forces me to really practice these things and understand them on the deepest level. Like the old saying goes, if you want to be good at something, teach it. Um, And as a side effect, I get to watch this inspiration that I've had ripple out into other people and just push out. And nothing gets me out of bed more than that thought. Awesome. Yeah, that's great. Uh, and so let's let's end on that on that good note. Uh, if uh, folks want to uh, find out more about the uh, the dental yogis or you or Danielle, 
Uh, how can they do that, Christian? The best way to get a hold of us is on Instagram. That's um, where we put most of our outward attention. Or um, always happy to listen, especially if anything struck you that um, is, is intimate or that you you might, you know, we, we try to be as non-judgmental and as open and warm, as loving as possible. So shoot us an email if, if you have any questions or just want to be seen or heard. And that's dentalyogis at gmail.com. Dentalyogis and, at gmail.com. We'll put that up on the show yeah. notes. And then also, what's, what's your Instagram, Instagram handle? The dental. The Dental Yogis. The Dental Yogis on Instagram, too. All right, cool. And then if people want to get more information about the uh, Your Vitality Retreat, where would they uh, where would they find that? Dentalyogis.com. Okay. Common recurring theme here. <laughs> okay. It's all about the Dental Yogis. Yeah. Awesome. Got to keep it simple. Hey, thanks, uh, Christian, for taking the time. We'll wrap it up. And uh, namaste, my friend. Awesome talking to you. Namaste, Paul and Rob. Thank you so much. This been really enriching and i hope um i hope i provided some value to to your listeners you definitely have thanks christian thank you thank you gentlemen that was cool yeah really great stuff so really an angle i've never seen before on the way to de-stress yourself as a dentist yeah and it's uh i think it's uh it's really a a practice that more people certainly busy professionals are starting to to realize and and explore and and embrace and i would i would really encourage our listeners to start uh, to, to look at this and see how, how it fits in their lives. And, you know, it's a way to control what is, you know, or try to manage, you know, a lot of a lot of stress and anxiety that we all have and in a way that's productive and keeps you healthy. And as you know, we both talk about and you've heard me say my yeah. at my presentations, I have usually have a slide and just about any of the presentations I give at the end that you know, is a person going for a, a long run, you know, through this beautiful glacier area. But, you know, the, the reality is you have to take care of yourself if you're going to stay in the game. And that's physically, emotionally. And uh, as you say often, Paul, this strikes me that obviously as the dentist in most offices, there is you are the one dentist, perhaps you are yeah. the leader. And, you know, if uh, the people that work for you, in addition to your patients, are going to take the cues from your stress and your anxiety. And I think it's really cool what Christian's doing and Danielle that you know they're really guiding, they're being leaders in a good way to their to their staff and to their patients, and to to help them and show them a way to kind of you know manage their their anxiety, how how to better start their day and and help them. I, I thought the the pre huddle yoga flow was, was just sounded yeah. awesome. And, and I think also it was just important, and I just appreciated uh, Kristen's real world that it doesn't happen every day, and sometimes it goes off script. And you know, I'm someone who's been inside a dental office for 17 years and putting on that Broadway play that nobody wants to see, not like Hamilton, Rob, the opposite of Hamilton, running a dental <laughs> practice, and that life happens, and you know, just you know, not being too tough on yourself, but being committed and holding yourself accountable to you know making a good energy and environment for your team because you're about to a lot of ways go into battle because people you know imagine having a job where you know the people that you saw they didn't want to be there they're transferring negative energy it's tough mm -hmm. and 
if you don't, you know, wrap your mind around a way to deal with that and have some tools, it's just going to be a long, difficult career. And, and we've seen the the downsides of that with our own colleagues and people we've had on the podcast sure. who've shared. And it's just another thing that they don't teach you in dental school, but this could be one of the most important parts. Yeah. And I think what we didn't really get into it too much today with Christian, but that mindset of not being too hard on yourself is really, there, there's a lot of that in this, in this space, you know? And so when you talk about yoga and meditation, and a lot of people that write on, you know, on these subjects, you know, that is a recurring theme. And that's a whole nother kettle of fish that, you know, that we yeah. all deal with. You know, it's just like, wow, I didn't get to that one thing I wanted to do. Or man, I could have made that, done that crown, but just a little bit better. Yeah. Like, and you have to, you know, it's a skill in itself to say, hey, just just let it go. I mean, just let it go. We, you have, know? A th- we have a thing, and, you know, coach with our new associates, get to goodish, which is get your work to goodish because that's where patients want it. And there's just, a, there is a middle ground, no matter what dental school's taught us, no matter how toxic they are, there's a middle ground between perfectionism and not caring at all. There's just, a, that's where you have to live your life. Between perfectionism is toxic and not caring at all is also toxic. And right. that's what Christian talked about. There's a, there's a place in there for all of us to live our lives and be successful. It's just, we haven't gotten these tools through our traditional training mechanisms from high school to college to dental school. Yeah, and, and I think I'll just say in closing, you know, if anybody says that they're too busy to, to deal with all this stuff or to, to experiment with or investigate it, I don't want to hear it. Yeah, right. I know. I like that. Too dirty to take a shower. Daphne would sometimes I, challenge them, but you know, I get that. So thanks, Rob. Thanks, Paul. It's always fun. Thanks for listening to another great podcast with The Dental Amigos. And don't forget to tune in next time to have the dental business demystified. If you're looking for more information about today's podcast, you can find it on thedentalamigos.com. If you're looking for Paul, you can find Paul at drpaulgoodman.com. And if you're looking for Rob, you can find him at yourdentallawyer.com. This podcast has been sponsored by Orange Line Media Group, helping dentists and other professionals create content people love. Find out how we can help you take your business to the next level at www.orangelinemg.com. Till next time.